And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to Soup Show Thursday. Yeah. After uh, <laughs> Soup Show Wednesday, Gary... <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing good. So the judge says that Hunter Biden has to look for a job. Mm-hmm. Can you see his resume? Where do you live? With parents, 1600 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue. Yeah. So you're in your 50s and you live with your parents. But you're living at the White House. <laughs> Where were you last employed? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And uh, why did you leave your last job? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. A little known fact. Instead of playing um, Hail to the Chief when he walks in a room at the White House, they play Hail to the Crack Pipe, which is a much different song. He's got to be looking at this and because his lawyer's Clearly did not see this coming on Wednesday. Why didn't they see it coming? Well, why don't you have a backup game? Why don't you have a... You you should always have an exit ramp if you believe the GOP was going to be uh, successful at their attempt to convince the courts to have any influence with the recent hearings. You would think that you would have an exit ramp, but they clearly didn't. Well, why didn't they? They didn't, in my humble opinion, they didn't have an exit ramp because they did have a deal with the Justice Department. And it was, we're going to continue to say this covers everything. You can continue to say, no, we're investigating it. So you can delay and uh, procrastinate in giving any information to the Republicans. And we will just hope that the judge won't ask any questions and will rubber stamp the deal. You know, you and I, the first thing that you and I said when this deal was done was when, when they announced, not when it was deal was done, but when they announced the deal was 
wait a minute. The, the They said they're continuing the investigation. And we know what they are attempting to convince the country of what they are continuing the investigation on, which would be the 1023. And that's bribery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of being an unregistered, uh, what do you call it, unregistered uh, foreign, foreign agent. agent. Mm-hmm. Unregistered foreign agent, which can get you jail time. Mm-hmm. And so from the very beginning, there was this huge difference. You're telling me, because this goes back weeks, you're telling me in not all that time they didn't get together and say, wait a minute, you can't say that uh, you get immunity forever on anything that the Justice Department might bring forward on this because we can't guarantee it. I really think this whole deal, they expected that this was a possibility and they were hoping with the culture in Washington that it would just be, here's a plea deal that we uh, we agreed on a plea deal. Here's what it is. And the judge would rubber stamp it. And the judge simply said, well, does this plea deal go on forever, and is this unusual? Has this ever happened before? Well, no. Well, to Hunter Biden's lawyer, do you believe you have? Do you believe this deal gives you immunity from you know any future crime, or not any future crime, but any past crime that the Justice Department uh, you know may find out about you? Well, yeah. And then is that the agreement that you have to the to the prosecutors? Uh, no, they couldn't say yes, because then that blows their entire narrative of what they've been telling the Republicans as to why they can't give them any more information on anything. I think this was simply, this was a con job. This was a cooperation to deceive the judge and deceive the Justice Department. Well, they had to or, have known not the, the Justice Department ju- to deceive justice. They had to have known that the judge was going to ask those very simple questions. How was she not? Because you, the first thing you do is you ask, what consideration is being given to the defendant? I, I guess my point would be, then why didn't they have that? This was, th- what, three weeks ago when they announced this? Mm-hmm. I have to and, wonder if and, something changed. And and we knew, well, what changed was the 1023. Well, that and uh, the bungling of whatever happened with the clerk and Hunter's lawyers or not Hunter's lawyers. That didn't seem to come up at all yesterday. I don't think they, well, they weren't going to bring it up, but clearly I think. No, she didn't bring it up. No, that's what I mean. And I don't, but I don't think the DO and the DOJ's not going to bring that up and his lawyers or the uh, attorneys for Hunter aren't going to bring that up. So she must have been satisfied. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know. Well, yeah, because maybe I, she's just treating well, it well, let, separately and saying we're going to do an internal investigation, and you yeah. don't you don't bring it up in in the actual proceedings. Well, that'd be strange not to bring something like that up. In well, the if you, it depends on whether she thinks it was a clerk mm-hmm. that did it and it was internal, or she thought that his lawyers did it. Just they so, were just so everybody knows. I mean, the the context of this is, I'm you know, I'm. I'm asking more. I'm asking more questions than actual statements mm-hmm. of 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 fact. And so when I even because I did when I when I um, threw out here, this is what I believe is happening. I should have put that in question form. 
Well, and, 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 the, and, the, and the question form is, three weeks ago, we knew that there was a difference in what the Justice Department was telling us than what Hunter Biden's lawyers were telling us. They knew it, too. Mm-hmm. And they never rectified it over three weeks. Why not? Or they did, and and things in the last 24, 48 hours or 72 hours changed drastically. Or it changed when the 1023 came out mm-hmm. and they realized right. that we can't get away with this. But at that point, why didn't they go back and say, look, here's what the deal's going to have to be and rescind it? Because they got embarrassed big time yesterday. Well, because here's here's the here's the, the, the layout. You have you have Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, twice inching closer in recent days to impeachment. Now, there had to have been some internal conversation at the DOJ saying, if they move on impeachment and bring this whole thing out in the process, the next thing they're going to do is move to impeach Mayor Garland, which they may do anyway. We can't have the DOJ in the spotlight as bad as they bungled this thing up after the hearings after the 1023 that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, according to Comer, Director Ray said didn't exist. Didn't exist. So I don't believe they were investigating it. So so they're sitting here. So brass at the DOJ and FBI is sitting here not doing the hands-on approach. I think Merrick Garland's doing what he's always done. Uh, anytime he's directly accused, he jumps in front of a podium. Last time he did that, though, he got burned, too. So now you end up in front of a judge. There's no way you show up not anticipating her questions. And the first of those questions is what consideration is being given? What is this exchange? Explain it to me why we would do this plea deal and why I need to approve it. Or give me the entire story so I can decide whether or not I can. That's basically where she left it. I don't know whether I can approve it or not. And that's after they went and they they went back and talked for about 10 minutes right. and then came back and said, well, here's what the deal would be. The deal would be. And she said, well, I've got to think about this. We yeah, I got to and, and the brakes and, on and, this. and the deal would be that he would be charged with uh, no tax or gun crimes, mm-hmm. additional tax or gun crimes between 2014 and 2019, mm-hmm. which means the uh, the not registering as a foreign agent and possible bribery charges could be filed against him Mm -hmm. and the reason is i believe that you know you look at the polling on this and the polling on this is horrible Mm -hmm. for the 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 biden's you know even as we've said you know 37 percent of democrats in the poll that was out what maybe about 10 days ago Mm -hmm. even before a lot of stuff happened last week right came out and showed that the majority of of the public and 37 percent even of democrats believe that this administration is corrupt. Mm-hmm. And so uh, anything they're trying to sell isn't working. You know, the Corrine Jean-Pierre, and we'll get some of the audio from that yesterday, was, I don't know what was worse, Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday or Mayorkas? Because uh, I watched a lot of the Mayorkas uh, thing, and it was the funny, I don't know, the Jim Jordan back and forth, which, which we'll have here in a little bit, was just mm-hmm. pretty hilarious because he's like, well, I'll get that information to you. He said, we sent like two letters to you saying you need to show up with this information. And now you're saying that, well, we'll get it to you. And you know something? When you have said before, at this time, at this time, at this time, I'll get it to you. You never got it to us. Mm -hmm. 
And and so Mayorkas is basically just, you know, it's almost like saying, you know, we're going to mock. Yeah, we're, we're, go- we're going to mock any type of process of transparency and we're going to do it in a blunt way. He and Mary and, Garland are the are the same cloth. Yeah, and and I don't want to get too far off the, the the topic here, but when you think about it, that the judge simply asked the, the most basic, simple question that blew that plea deal apart. Well, is this normal that you would give immunity from anything else? Well, no. Why are you doing it? And it doesn't seem like. You I mean I come in here? I, you know, she she gets in there. She asks the most simplest questions. Basically, all right. So you believe you have immunity, right? Does he have? They have immunity from any anything else? It's, well, no. Well, it's, no. well, well. That's the basis of the whole damn thing. Is, it's, it, look, it, we so, knew that as laymen, we knew that. We said it. How many times since the deal was announced? The first question she's going to have is, "What consideration is being given? What What is he offering? What is he being given?" I mean, that's always going to be the first question by right. a judge in a plea deal. Right. And you weren't prepared but, to but, answer but it. But this is how bad, this is how the filthy rot in the Justice Department, they are so cocky and so damn arrogant that they believe that they could have walked in there and gotten a plea deal and the judge would have let it slide. That's what I think they believed. This is how they believe the culture of rot and corruption is so great that they that, were just going to smooth walk that they could through. smooth walk it in and that was before the 1023 when they announced the deal they thought that and then all of a sudden the 1023 comes out, out the hearings come out uh then you got the speaker of the house talking about impeachment of the defendant's father the whistleblowers mm-hmm. you know and and so the you know and i just think it got to the point and i think the 1023 i i i agree with you on that if that's where you're going that the 1023 was the major thing because at that point they're like are you investigating this right that that sort of i mean that came in the middle of that may have torn everything apart this, because then you get to that then you get to bribery so and you're saying this would yeah. you mean if 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 you're you're investigating bribery of right. the of, right. of the 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 first uh of the first son right whatever well, whatever he's you know, the whole amicus brief thing, you know, think about what that is. Someone was trying to undermine the GOP's efforts here. Withdraw that filing. Someone with no authority, they weren't, they had no authority to do that, calls the clerk, withdraw that filing, which is what? withdraw the influence any influence there might be that might reach the judge on this deal but i think that even falls short even without that there was going to be influence on this judge with and the doj because the doj now had to choose a different approach because they knew what the whistleblowers had they knew the and, and with the release of the fd1023 they knew what the gop had before that, they didn't know. We've been also right. saying that inside the Beltway, everybody's waiting and seeing what the whistleblowers actually are going to show. When that FD-1023 came out, when it was released. And that's the bribery doc- it document was a, for people it that don't was, know. They were throwing down a pair of aces on the table. Yeah. 
and and the, and just, the bluff and, is over. And the Justice Department knew that they could not come out publicly and state, no, we're going to ignore this. We really aren't investigating at all the bribery document. Yeah. And they couldn't do yep. that to the American. They, they could not win that argument. Their bluff was called. In the it arena was, of public it was, it was opinion. It yeah. was over. 866-90-RED-EYE. On a hot summer day, the last thing you want to feel is a blast of warm air when you turn on your air conditioning. A malfunctioning AC system will leave you uncomfortably shifting in your seat, not to mention it can affect the safety and performance of your entire vehicle and your productivity. Keep your AC system running smooth and your deliveries on schedule this summer with the following maintenance tip. Make sure the condenser on the front of your cab is clean and double check that your compressor belt is tight and in good condition. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, I just uh, just uh, had uh, seen it. The uh, oh, by the way, he's Eric Carly. Did I see your name? Uh, yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. So. I did. Okay. I wasn't I did, listening. Did that the but... other day. Forgot. I forgot. Forgot you were here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just reading Andrew McCarthy, and he makes the same point that we just made. I just saw the article in the New York Post, and I'm not even done reading it. I just was reading it during the commercial break there. And he makes the same thing, that this is the evidence that, you know, you didn't have an adversarial relationship here. It wasn't the Justice Department uh, against Hunter Biden making him plead guilty to the most serious crime. This wasn't adversarial. They were in cahoots, and he uses that. They were in cahoots to give him the most minimum sentence possible and the maximum immunity possible. Otherwise, 
you don't ever come away with a deal like this, but they couldn't sell it. Now, I, I didn't I didn't get I didn't read the entire article, so he may write a few paragraphs down what we said that the 10 we believe that FD 1023, which was the bribery document, changed everything when they said, oh, we're current we're investigating this. Mm-hmm. And you and I asked the question, were they investigating it before? And as you said, oh, by the way, this may be evidence that the Republicans have done something right. Yeah. But with Grassley releasing that FD uh, uh, 1023, did that change? Did that change everything? Or when they had to admit that it existed? Because I believe when they admitted that it existed, a couple days after is when they said they were still investigating, which is why they couldn't give more information right. to the Republicans. Well, it, it, I think the difference is it, it, certainly it could have changed then, uh, and probably did. But I, but the release of it was the building of the what was the revealing to everyone. Your pair of aces. And when, you know, because the DOJ was, they were walking the bluff straight through. I don't know, again, how they didn't get together saying, listen, there's about a 50% shot that the judge is going to ask what this deal is and if this thing is over. Are we closing the books on this? Why didn't they lie and say, yes, uh, it's, it's a done deal. We don't see anything else that's actionable here. Because they can't. There's no way to say that without immediately being called, you know, immediately by the GOP being called out. Um, but it would be obstruction of justice if you look at what the whistleblowers have laid out, what the FD-1023 lays out. Who wants to die on the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden hill? If, you, if you're seeing it now, if they know now, because Director Ray clearly, if Comer is... You know, uh, if that what Comer said is accurate and true, didn't know they had seen it. They didn't know what the GOP had. And now they do. And they learned a lot of that since this deal was announced. They had to back down. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, good morning. Uh, welcome. I had to go to my phone here. Um, here it is, uh, Andrew McCarthy. The fix was in for Hunter until a hero judge stepped up. Hmm. Now, Andrew McCarthy, if people don't know, is a Fox News contributor, wrote the uh, the book. Uh, Ball of Collusion, yeah. one of the first books really to tear apart uh, the uh, the the uh, uh, the bogus investigation into Trump that Trump colluded with the Russians. But he writes, if you're trying to pull off a corrupt deal, one that is actually political theater, but you are trying to masquerade as law, you better make sure the judge is in on it. And that's one of the things that you and I were talking about. We're from the very beginning, we're, yep. we, we were like, well, wait a minute. One side is saying he's got broad immunity. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, from from any, you know, future crimes that or any, any past crimes 
that may have been committed, not any future, future charges. Yeah, yeah, any future charges, not future crimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then again, maybe they wanted that deal too. No, no, no. We're gonna part. We're gonna pardon uh, Hunter it, Joe if, for any future crimes. If if only there were a person powerful enough to pardon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're if you're trying to pull off a corrupt deal, one that's actually political theater, but you are trying to masquerade as law, you better make sure the judge is in on it. And when it came to that little detail, the Biden administration dropped the ball. Hmm. The judge instead did her job. That is why Hunter Biden's sweetheart deal bargain blew up in a Delaware federal court. Understand what was happening here. In every normal criminal case, in every legitimate investigation, you have adversarial parties. The defense looking out for the accused's interest and critically... The Justice Department looking out for the public interest. That means government attorneys being appropriately aggressive in prosecuting lawmakers. In fact, Justice Department plea bargain standards generally call for requiring the defendant to plead guilty to, at a minimum, the most serious, readily provable charge. The Biden investigation is continuing, even expanding, but we already know the Justice Department could have already proved serious tax felonies involving more than $10 million in income and a gun offense carrying a potential 10-year sentence. Hmm. Alas, there's nothing standard about the Hunter Biden case. That's because the parties are not adversaries. They are in cahoots. Wow. Thus did the president's son and the president's Justice Department conspire to orchestrate a plea deal that would allow Hunter Biden to escape prison and be given immunity from future prosecution over the Biden family business of cashing in on President Biden's political influence mm. and allow the Biden administration to pretend that with independence and integrity, the president had allowed his Justice Department to prosecute uh, his own son on the egregious facts already known about hunter's conduct in the family biden business there would have been no way to consummate such a deal unless the judge was in on the scheme you know in the back of my mind when i was thinking about it earlier this week and i thought to myself well if the judge rubber stamps here then she's part of it she's part of the the rot and there's no way you're not, because there's no way she doesn't break this down and ask those questions that she was asking yesterday. That's how it was always going to go, unless she was in on it. As McCarthy writes, the point of plea agreements by which the vast majority of criminal cases are settled is to spell out the exact details the complete understanding of the parties. It is yeah. a contract. Right, exactly. If something goes wrong down the road, if one of the parties breaches the terms, yep. the clarity of the agreement puts everyone on notice of the consequences. Here, though, because a defendant and the prosecution were not adversaries, as in normal criminal cases, they could not spell out their one-sided agreement. Right. Doing so would have been too politically damages, uh, damaging, excuse me, and this was all about politics. Both Hunter Biden and the Biden Justice Department 
wanted an arrangement that would give Hunter the maximum amount of immunity from prosecution for the minimum amount of criminal admissions they thought they could get away with. But there would have been a scandal if prosecutors had written an agreement that said Hunter pleads guilty to two trivial misdemeanor counts for years 2018 and 2019 with the expectation of no jail time. And the government further makes uh, a firearm felony disappear in exchange. The Justice Department will not prosecute him for any other tax crimes, (laughs) money laundering, felony failure to register as a foreign agent, bribery conspiracy, or any other criminal offense arising out of his business dealings from 2014 to 2019. So instead, with a nod and a wink, the Justice Department wrote a plea agreement saying merely that Hunter would plead guilty to two misdemeanor charges in satisfaction of of the conduct covering all tax years from 2014 to 2019. This would allow Hunter to walk away saying the case was over and claiming immunity for not only tax crimes, but for any criminal offenses arising out of his years of lucrative uh, business uh, uh, dealings. For its part, the Justice Department would say the agreement settled the tax offenses, speaks for itself. Beyond that, we, of course, cannot comment because that could this could compromise an ongoing investigation. Exactly what we've said. Right. Get it? Hunter quietly walks away with a complete pass. The Justice Department clams up. The ongoing investigation slips into the great black hole that it has been all along, never again to be heard of. And Joe Biden goes on the campaign trail uh, uh, bragging about how he fearlessly let the Justice Department prosecute his own son. Altogether now, independence and integrity. Uh It didn't happen that way because, thankfully, one federal judge did her job. The judge didn't have to do much. Just ask Hunter Biden's defense lawyers <laughs> right, right. and the Biden Justice Department what exactly they had agreed to. It's what we have been saying from the beginning. Right. That the, was always going to be asked unless she was in on it. The Biden Justice Department <laughs> didn't say that, didn't dare say that publicly, so the sweetheart deal went up in smoke. And that's the entire point, as we have said. They agreed their whole point was to deceive the judge and deceive justice. That, that was the whole yeah, point. That that that's it. And and that wasn't a sweetheart deal. That was a David Blaine act. To make something like that disappear. So they had an agreement. Oh yeah. They they had an agreement that yeah. you know I I believe the I believe the agreement was because they were in cahoots. This was not an adversarial relationship. No, 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 no. This this was the Department of Justice, you know, and <laughs> wink wink that that look if we can get away with this this is what we're going to try to do mm-hmm. now we may not be able to get away with it but if we get the right judge who says okay fine and ask no questions that's what we're going to do and right. that's why i believe nothing changed over the that well multi-week period when we first found out about what the plea deal was going to be mm-hmm. but when the 1023 came out there's no way, and they, and remember, then it went to bribery. You know, they thought public opinion-wise, okay, register as a foreign agent. What the hell does that mean? The public doesn't understand what that means. Right, right. Bribery, the public understands. Yes. And I, so I believe that was really the change, but that was the whole point. You know, that 
that, okay, we're going to try to get away with this. We may not be successful, but we're going to try to get away with it. But if the judge questions it, we cannot publicly say that you have broad immunity forever right. on any crimes committed between 2014 and 2019. Not when it comes to the crimes that Andrew McCarthy just uh, uh, talked about. Money laundering, bribery, mm-hmm. not yeah. registering as a foreign agent. Sorry, that's what we'll do. We'll never charge you. We'll never investigate this. You know, you, that's our word to you if the judge allows us to go through. But if the judge questions it, we cannot say it publicly. What kind of filthy rot is inside the Justice Department? I mean, it's, you know, this is the thing. The juxtaposition of what happened yesterday and then going back the day that it was all announced shows you if you look at everything that happened look at the justice department they announced this deal a few weeks ago and then what happened yesterday they got called on it this is on a grand scale a lot like what happened to director ray we've already seen the 1023 dude oh 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 you mean that 1023 oh yeah 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 i'll bring that And then they lay it out. They thought they could get away with it until they learned what the whistleblowers had and had seen what they were going to say, obviously, and what that 1023 now in front of all of Americans said. And this is, this that should show you, because if it had not been, For those events in the last few weeks, they would have tried to cakewalk this whole thing right through that courtroom. And it would have been, as as, uh, Andrew McCarthy was laying out here, it would have been the the same, you know, thing that we we kind of said might happen. Well, you know, we don't want to compromise any future investigations and don't want to, you know, we're we're so, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you just lie to the judge. If you're going to, if the DOJ is going to lie to the American people, they have no problem lying before a judge. Until they're called. Well, until they're Their called. Their bluff I mean, they, right, has, has right. been called, and, and frankly, they, they was called may, repeatedly. They, they, they may lie by omission, but they're not going to they, lie yes, in the court. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and what is a lie? It depends on what the definition of is is. But they, no, because you're right. In court, while we do have other investigations and we don't want to talk about those here, and blah, blah, blah. If it had not been for the events, if they had not learned everything that they learned, that clearly was going to be the case. They were just going to lie through their teeth to this judge, and she was going to rubber stamp it. They were going to put the lid on this jar and bury it like some rotten kimchi. Wow. What a day yesterday. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, it was like... Uh... And it was, and and that's even reading. I mean, we said it, but even reading Andrew McCarthy is, it's 
hilarious. I mean, the judge didn't have to yeah. do anything. Right. Uh, Just okay. a simple right. question. So this is the agreement. You believe this. Do you believe that? No. Well, then, and then she actually gets herself off the hook from the political thing of it. Right, right. Because she's simply she's, saying. She's doing her job. I, I'm not. You you can't agree. You don't agree on what the plea deal is. Right, right. I, I'm just doing my job. I'm just asking questions. If, which you're always going to ask in a, in a situation like that if you're not in on it. And we sort of agree on this, that if the if the deal would have been, had gone through, it's almost, you, you look, that would have been damaging, I think, because the public yeah. knows. Yep. The public understands, the majority of the public, what's going on here. But not going through did just as much damage because yeah. it opened up. Yeah. It it clearly opened up that path where people can see the stinking rot inside yeah. of the Justice Department yep. and yep. how corrupt right. the Justice Department right. under Merrick Garland is. And there's yep. two things that I hate. I hate good law enforcement that does their job, that is demonized, mm-hmm. as we have seen. Mm-hmm. And I hate stinking rotten law enforcement. Yeah that does the opposite of what their oath tells them to do, the oath that they have taken, that they've sworn to do, and they do the opposite, corrupt law enforcement. Yep. Then Merrick Garland is the nation's, at this moment, the nation's top cop. He is it. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, one of the things, and and we've gotten some input. Did you even get some today? Someone saying, "Well, what about a special prosecutor?" Yeah, right. Uh, no, no. Yeah, and we don't want no. that because that comes from the DOJ. I mean, the right. DOJ would be assigning whoever the special prosecutor would be, and then it would be shelved for who knows how long. Yeah, uh, you, you know, and that's the last thing that I would want yeah. uh, right now. Right. Uh, people say, well. You know, well, the uh, the Republicans looking at it is political. Well, so is the Department of Justice yeah. now. Yep. There's yep. no difference. And exactly. what you're getting from the Republicans is not Republican allegations, but actual evidence that comes from Hunter Biden, yeah. the whistleblowers, and the Treasury Department. Mm-hmm. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. 
from the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. You know, I'm thinking, let's just play some random audio, okay? All right. Well, why not? Yeah, we can do that. No, yeah, why, not? why not? It's it's uh, it's almost Friday. Yeah. We can sort of. Well, the, the news and the Biden administration is making it very easy to just mail it in. We yeah. really don't have to work. Yeah. You know, when I uh, I had a golf lesson today, and as mm. soon as I done with the, the golf lesson, that's when I texted you. I went to my car and saw that the plea deal had fallen apart, mm-hmm. and I just I wrote to Eric, "Show's done." Yep. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Hunter. <laughs> Don't have to work anymore. It's really nice, you know. Get up in the morning, have the cup of coffee, have a golf lesson. You know, walk back into the car, turn on the air conditioning to cool off a little bit. And it's read the, like, read the latest on Hunter and Joe. And then it's like, you know, go read, right. Read, read the headline. Go, oh, show's done. Yeah, we're done. Eric, show's done. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, here's here, let's let's just play some random. OK, it's not random. <laughs> let's, let's play. I, I'm just going to blindly click on something on the screen. Uh, blindly. And uh, what's this? Uh, Kareen John Pierre. Pierre. Is it, is it Pierre? <laughs> Pierre? <laughs> here, 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 okay. Here we go. Have you uh, seen the president since Hunter Biden showed up in federal court since the deal fell apart? Did he have any reaction that he has agreed to allow you to share with us? So I'll tell you this, um, uh, and I'll repeat this is what I said at the top, which is the president loves his son. The president and the first lady love their son, and they support him as he's rebuilding his life and trying to move forward. Uh, I have not spoken to the president today. Uh, He has been busy continuing to work on behalf of the American people, as he does every day with internal meetings. And so I will leave it there. Hmm. Okay. Um, Hmm. Let's see uh, what else we can (laughs) randomly randomly find yeah. where, where is yeah. it i had it here a couple minutes ago i want to find the uh i had chuck todd here somewhere there was a chuck mm. todd comment all right okay where'd it go oh darn it i'll have to find the chuck todd comment again all right it was it was like well this is really interesting mm-hmm. um okay let's see what else we can find here with um. Oh, yeah, I do have Chuck Todd. Okay, I did find it here. Okay. Right, you ready? All right. Here, here, here we go. All right. Meanwhile, it's worth pointing out that the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in this case, David Weiss, is facing elevated scrutiny of his own due to the handling of this investigation after House Republicans heard public testimony from a pair of IRS whistleblowers alleging political inter- interference in this investigation. That testimony came after the original plea deal was announced, which today dramatically fell apart. And it is worth noting that the House Ways and Means Committee, led by Jason Smith, the Republican of Missouri, did give additional information to the judge in Delaware before today's proceeding. <laughs> Basically saying the same thing we did. How many times do they have to say Trump-appointed judge, Trump-appointed yeah. Trump yeah. yeah. David Weiss? Work in, and, work in Trump's name any way you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole point that, yeah. that, uh, that they're trying to say the, they're fair. Well, as I think I was actually Chris Christie who said it. I don't care who appointed anyone. No. 
Are they following the law? Are they doing the right thing? Yeah. And as we know, I mean, yeah, Trump might have allowed Weiss to stay, as we know. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, but uh, and and the the judge, maybe uh, the Trump appointed judge. Mm -hmm. But uh, it got the support of the two Democratic senators from Delaware. Yeah. So (laughs) but they're the ones that are we don't care about that. They do. Right. They really care about that. Mm hmm. Uh, let us go to, oh, okay. I got to go to this one too. Cause we're going to talk right. about this later on. And this okay. is, this is sort of random. This is the Mayorkas hearing yesterday. Here we go. So we arrive at an inevitable conclusion that I do not take lightly. Secretary Mayorkas, you must resign. Will you resign? No, I will not. I am incredibly right. proud of the work that is performed. I understand. In the department of secretary Mayorkas, if you will not resign, that leaves us with no other option. You should be impeached. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you have it. Mm-hmm. And you want to have an oldie but goodie? Yeah. This goes back to, uh, I think it's 2019. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, Biden responding to a farmer who asked about his family's corrupt foreign business ah, deals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I just, the, the RNC posted this the other day. Just so people have background that when this has been brought up before. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company that you had no experience with, or nothing, in order to get access to the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he is. So you you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has ever said that. I see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I'm not sitting there. I don't like that. And no, let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know what I'm And it, the audio's pretty bad, but uh, he called him a damn liar and then afterwards called him fat and too old and challenged him to an IQ test, and a, that was the push-up contest. Yeah. That's where that came from. That right. was the push-up contest. Right. That's, it's, <laughs> Hasn't challenged anyone to a push-up contest lately, has he? No. No. And, and let's go to this final one here. All right. Okay, with Kareem Jean-Pierre yesterday. All right. Let's go. You said that nothing has changed when you were asked about the president's previous remarks on his son's business dealings. But the language has, in fact, changed. So I just want to clear this up once and for all. The president has previously said that he has never discussed overseas business dealings with his son. But the White House now says that the president has never been in business with his son. So why the updated language? Which statement is true? Or is this semantics and they're both true? As I stated on Monday, when I was asked this question multiple times, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed on this. Nothing has changed on this. Uh, And so you could ask me a million different ways uh, on this question. Nothing. And she still won't answer it. (laughs) I'm still going to say nothing has changed when clearly everything has changed. Everything has changed. I'm still going to say nothing has changed. And also, by the way, is this your card? Um, that's, you know, they, they, keep, they keep trying these stupid magic tricks. And she's really. She's horrible. But she's really going through uh, her her uh, her folder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, she's just going through it. It's like nothing's changed. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's ever going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So there. Now, I did. uh, I want to play one more because I did like the fact that this question was actually asked yesterday with everything else going on. This is actually bringing back an oldie but goodie from Corrine Jean-Pierre. All right, here we go. Can you give us an update when it comes to East Palestine? The president has said that he would go. Um, He has not yet. And also, Governor Mike DeWine asked the president to issue a major disaster declaration um, a few weeks ago. Is that something the president is going to do? And if so, when? So on your first question, the president intends to go. Don't have a time or a date to preview at this time. (laughs) And also, nothing has changed. Trump should go again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. She is right. And she's not completing the sentence. Nothing has changed out of their playbook, which she clearly has before her. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's weak. It really is weak. But, you know, the. Um, I, I guess it's your only play. You're just not going to talk about it. You're simply not going to address it. Nothing has changed. We've already talked about it. Nothing has changed. Nothing's going to change. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter what changes. Nothing will change. All right. You one, can change what you want to change. One more. But this won't change. One more. Mm-hmm. John Kirby. <laughs> on oh. does the United States uh, believe that there may be life outside of Earth? Okay. After right. that no, hearing that's, today, that's, okay. what a bust that hearing was. Oh, my was. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a bust that was. Well, what I hear is what I hear. No, when the president tells me there's aliens, then I'll start paying attention. Yeah, that's what I was t- telling you in the uh, yeah. pre-show meeting. We'll know when the president is part of the announcement. That's when you'll know we've learned right. something. Here we go. Does the United States believe that there may be life outside of Earth? I don't have uh, a position on that one way or the other to speak to today. They can't answer any questions. You, it's like you know, the thing can't. is, he <laughs> can't say, because he can't say that's a, you know, that's a question for somebody else, right? You know, they can't defer. I'll defer you to, he can't do that because that looks bad. That looks like the answer is yes. Oh, no, there are aliens. And somebody else is going to talk about it, but I'm not going to. He can't say, you know, when you... When you don't say no, then you leave it wide open. I still, I I think a great deal of this is psyops. You just float it out there, I don't know, in hopes of a, a distraction or something. Well, in hopes that your uh, would-be enemies are, if you if they believe you have possession of something. When you can't trust anything... From the government. Mm -hmm. And you can't right now. Yeah. There's not anything that comes from this administration that you can believe. No, there's nothing. Everything has to be fact-checked. And everything, when you hear anything coming from this administration, you have to believe it is a lie. I need to find evidence that it's the truth. Yeah. There is no assumption anymore that what comes from an administration 
is the truth. None. And so when you hear this, the first thing, what are you laughing at? I heard you laughing over there. I, no, no, it's just, I, I'm just thinking of the, their, their, their stance on everything. But go I, ahead. I, but it is their stance on everything. Yeah. yeah, it is. And so when I hear this, I'm like, okay, they're trying to distract. Now, what I find interesting is the public doesn't seem to care if there may be extraterrestrial life out there. <laughs> no, they, they really don't, do they? No, there really doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be an interest. It's going to be, for for my entire life, I remember going through Bl- Project Blue Book and, you know, all the movies. If people know there are aliens out there, it will change the basic, it'll change the the entire way that society operates. And now that there's somebody out there saying, the former de- Defense Department official. No, they told me they exist. They exist. Yon, can can I get my cash from the government, please? Well, to this day, I mean, growing up, it was, you know, it was a big deal. I know. And to this day, I can't eat mashed potato mashed potatoes without shaping them the way Richard Dreyfus <laughs> did on that plate. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. One of my, if not my favorite alien movie of all time besides they live that one is a rowdy movie <laughs> by the way did you get the email uh it was uh one of our great listeners uh greg writes us uh listening to your show yesterday you were discussing the movie they live and i just wanted to let you know that fathom events will be showing the movie for its 35th anniversary uh on september 3rd and 4th um, and I'm sure that it should be in a theater near you. Not wow. sure if you will be able to attend, but I definitely will be. And that's uh, from Greg. He says, love the show. Uh, he is in uh, Maryland. So uh, Gambrels, Maryland. I hope I'm pronouncing Gambrels right. Yeah, Maryland. And uh, thank you uh, for the heads up on that. Okay, Greg. this is a quote here from the movie. This yeah. is a quote, yeah. right? So I'm just right. quoting. Okay. I have come here to chew bubblegum. Mm-hmm. And kick ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. That has been uh, still and, today as a meme, by the way. End of quote. You, you'll still see that as a, I mean, as a meme. You know, I I did tell that to my, my great nephew. I said, you know, to focus from now on. Mm-hmm. Here's, you, you need something that's going to make you smile. Yeah. And so I told him the quote, and then I yeah. played it for him. And he got the biggest kick. And this is what, you know, for when he's playing high school basketball. Right. And I said, so from now on, if I'm at a game and things are getting really, you know, really tight and you need to lock down, you know, I may look at you and I really don't say anything mm-hmm. ever from the stands. Mm-hmm. I didn't for my nephew. I'm not one of those people that, you know, screams and yell. It's mm-hmm. like, but I said, I may look at you and just say, you're out of bubble gum. Yeah, and then you know what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you're all out of bubble gum. You're out of you're all out of bubble gum. He said, "I may use that on the court with the guys." Yeah, you know, we go back out. We've come here to <laughs> yeah. to bubble gum. Now they're going to look at me like, "What in the hell are you talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> they don't even know that movie existed. When did it come out? Eighty five, right? Was it yeah, uh, eighty seven. Was it 87? If it would oh, be the okay. 35th anniversary. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 88 then. Uh, 88. Yeah. 88. 88. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just. 
But I, you know, I laughed at the most yesterday. I thought about it, and I was laughing on the way home. <laughs> We're talking about they live, and it's like, wow, Los Angeles ended up just like it did in they live. <laughs> no, it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> that that part of it came. That part of it came true. Yeah, you ugly sob. <laughs> puts on the glasses. The one you know they the can't. Store. I mean, you can. You can do a remake if you want to. It would have to star The Rock, though, wouldn't it? It would have to star nah. another wrestler. I don't think you can remake them. I don't like think that. you can I either. Just don't think yeah. it doesn't mean they won't. But if you do it, it's going to have to star another wrestler. You know, they tried to do Red Dawn, and Oof. you know the Koreans attacking us. That was yeah. so they didn't. So that was the best ever, though. It was originally China attacking yeah. the United States, and they and made they it, North Korea, it to North Korea so they could sell the movie in China. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 86690 Red Eye. Most owner operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets, percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay-per-mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay-per-mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay-per-mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Now the next time that uh, Hunter Biden will be before the judge will be a month from now. Yeah. Right. And and so, uh, you know, they they did sit and take a 10-minute recess and then, uh, you know, uh, came up with a new plea deal. And the judge says, well, you know, judge doesn't automatically accept a plea deal. Right. It's like, okay, we right. need to study this, send more briefs, bunch of stuff. We'll meet again back in August. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more coming up. smart speakers say play red eye radio and if you're really nice she might red eye radio and he is eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara uh good morning so 
Uh, no, we are not for, just in case anybody wonders, we're not uh, because of the fall through of the plea bargain. We are not for special counsel for no. Hunter Biden. No, uh, we are not for that at all. And, uh, uh, you know, probably huh, in 2020, we would have called for it. Uh, yeah. And maybe but, again in January of 2025. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But but uh, no. Right. But no, um, uh, there is no the. Department of Justice. Well, the you keep laughing when I'm talking. It's tough to concentrate. What are you laughing about now? Nah, nothing. No, nah, no. Nah. Go ahead. Go You're, ahead. Finish. <laughs> just. I mean, the last time you were just, laughing at something, it was worth it. I mean, well, so it's okay. It's, well, I don't mind if you laugh when I'm talking, uh-huh. as long what? as it's something that's funny that you can share on the air. Yeah. Well, it's, my point is when you laugh. Uh huh. It's almost as if, you know, I'm not part of the joke, and I want to be part of the joke. It's, I'm just shaking my head at this this entire this entire thing <laughs> of how stupid it is, and how much everybody knows the truth, and it's everywhere you turn. The stupidity of it all. Why is no one inside the the press room saying, Kareem, you're lying. You've never said that. You said this on this day. Could you please have enough respect to not lie to us? If you've got no comment, say no comment. But don't lie. Which is why you and I would get kicked out of the room very quickly. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm just I just went to real clear politics. The first article, uh, McCarthy's new plan, impeach Biden over nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Over nothing there. and, And the thing is, with everything going on and remember, Devin Archer, you saw the story today that the report that he's in hiding. Before his yeah, testimony, yeah, on, yeah, yeah, I did see that on yeah. on, on Monday. Uh-huh. And think about this before they even bring this up again, before they even come back to see the judge in August. Devin Archer is going to testify. What else is the Republicans going? When you think about how everything has escalated in the last month, what else are the Republicans going to bring to the table before we get to the end of August? Well, okay, so no, that's absolutely it. So here's the question. Because we did. We had a number of listeners bring up the whole special prosecutor thing. No. We don't support that. But is that their only move right now? I would think so, because if you wish to put a stall on it and correct the damage, because damage was done yesterday to the Department of Justice. Oh, yeah. And again, when you have, I mean, reading when you read, for example, here, Heather Parton from Salon McCarthy's new plan, impeach Biden over nothing. You know, everybody knows that's a load of garbage. And as you said, you're laughing because everybody knows what the truth is. It's just they, they, stupid right, they, that, that we all know the truth and right. everybody's tiptoeing around it. Yeah. And and so but it was damaging because it showed the rot inside of the the well, excuse me. Let me make sure I say it the, the correct way with a little bit more emphasis, because I really can't curse unless I quote from a movie. The filthy rot inside of the Department of Justice and the FBI, we have seen it's been clear 
And we're talking about the management. Yeah. Because remember, this is what the whistleblowers brought forward, and nobody debated it at all. Every prosecutor and every investigator, according to the whistleblowers, everyone wanted felony charges against Hunter Biden. Yeah. Every single one that was involved in the investigation, the prosecutors assigned to it and the investigators assigned to it, as they stated last week, everyone agreed that felony charges should be brought. Everyone. And then we get to what this deal was, which shows basically not an adversarial relationship between the Department of Justice and somebody who has willfully evaded taxes. But what you saw was collusion between the prosecution and the defense. Yeah. And that kind of stinking, filthy rot. Good, I added stinking now. That's even better, isn't it? Mm. Or or I could go back to what you used to say, the heaping, steaming pile Mm -hmm. of filthy rot from the Justice Department was made clear yesterday because everybody was asking it. Even the left. Wait a minute. You're telling me they didn't agree? Well, why didn't they agree? Why did the Justice Department do this? Actually, if you think about it, (laughs) probably the left is angry at the Department of Justice for not saying, oh, no, he gets immunity for everything. They're probably upset about it. Yeah. The judge, because that was the thing I even saw yesterday. Oh, this judge is going to be threatened. Like, why? The judge simply said, well, I can't accept a plea deal that you don't agree with. You guys got to get your act together. You don't even agree on what the plea deal should be on the major consequences of the plea deal. Man, just a fly on the wall. Just one time. Okay, probably a million times. But still, <laughs> I because there was no contingency for that question. None. I mean... The scene should have been prosecution holding the door open at the building as Hunter walked in. Well, no, after you, sir. No, 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 after you, sir. And and then they all go through and then they come up and, you know, I mean, that was the scene up until she decided to do her job. They could have had, like, you know, the, the law and orders where the prosecutors and, and the guy they make the deal with were all doing cocktails afterwards in Adam Schiff's office. Yeah, drinking right. liquor out of somebody's desk. Not that Adam Schiff, but the Adam Schiff yeah, that the, was on the law fake order. Adam the, Schiff. the fake Adam yeah. Schiff. Yeah. Yeah. I because honestly, you you look at that, how did you not have an Okay, they and and this is where everything over the last few weeks does come in. Because the answer in in my mind, it could only be that because when you when you come up with a scheme, you do plan for contingencies. Okay, she's going to ask. Well, now it's known everything else that's out there because of the whistleblowers, because of the FD-1023. Now it's all known. And there was no way it wasn't going to get to the judge, regardless of who appointed the judge. And 
if that had not happened and they were counting on it not happening, and we've been saying, I don't know how many times I said it, there are pretty much every all of the insiders inside the beltway were wondering what the GOP had, but they didn't know. They were wondering what the whistleblowers had. They didn't know. Director Ray of the FBI didn't know. So that tells you that prosecution likely didn't know when they were counting on a big nothing burger coming from the GOP, because quite often it is. They were counting on the whistleblowers falling short on their goals and then walking through this whole thing and being able to say to the judge when she did ask that question, well, there are ongoing investigations, but we don't believe there's anything actionable in terms of the defendant uh, going forward. And they could say that, which is a lie, but it's one of those lies that it's kind of a big umbrella lie. There's a lot you're leaving out, as you you mentioned. It's a lie by omission because you're not you're not you don't have to in that case include a lot of details. And you're hoping that's as far as it's going to go. Boom, rubber rubber stamp. And you're out. Right. You just, you just don't put it in the plea deal. You just don't yeah, mention right. it. Right. You say, here's what we're doing. Right. Uh, and then you you just, it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. For the sake of expediency, right. blah, 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 blah. And we believe that that there is nothing else to act on. We believe, you know, actionable. You don't even say that. You, uh. just, you just put, this is the deal. Mm-hmm. And you just don't mention it. You don't mention the fact that, okay, there's no other crimes or anything like that. You just... Uh, you don't do anything that would make the judge question it, except for the fact that the defense and the prosecution made it clear as soon as the deal was announced that they disagreed. Think about it. They well, they they cut their own throat, but in the deal, that's why she asked the question. Well, that, Are you under the impression that you have full immunity from everything? Yes. Prosecution? No. She didn't see it. She was asking the question based on what she was observing, not that they had that, from what I know, in their brief. No, no, that's, no. That's and I wasn't making that point. But but my point too is is that without everything that transpired over the last few weeks, they thought that they were going to be able to walk through this, and they were going to get the rubber stamp, and they were going to be able to just blatantly lie and get away with it. Uh, New York Times' Glenn Thrush reported Wednesday that the unusual plea deal had offered Hunter Biden broad immunity from prosecution in perpetuity. Thrush reported that the judge was highly skeptical of the plea deal, questioning why it uh, why it had been filed under a provision uh, that gave her no legal, legal authority to reject it. When mm. she asked Leo Weiss, a prosecutor, if there was any precedent for that kind of a deal being proposed, he replied, no, Your Honor. She then questioned the discrepancy between Hunter Biden's lawyers repeatedly casting the deal in public as the final chapter of the five-year inquiry into Hunter and the government's position that the Biden investigation was ongoing, which means she's paying attention to the news. That's that's what happens that's, when you're focused right. more on your bong than you are your clients. By the way, I was thinking, too, is when, when I was coming into work today. You know, what were they expecting the judge? And I go, oh, they probably just thought she was drunk and high, too, like everybody else. Yeah, right. Everybody's high. Yeah, we're so, all smoking weed. Yeah, we're all just smoking weed. This will be so, easy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that coming in. I go, <laughs> from, from yesterday's show. Right. Uh, but uh, Weiss, uh, uh, Weiss confirmed that the investigation was ongoing 
and said if the Biden's team thought otherwise, then there's no deal. But they knew it because they were public on it. Mm-hmm. They were they were public on it from, you know, from the very, very beginning. And so you sit there and look well, and it was wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It was like, look, if she brings it up, we're going to have to confront it and say there is no deal like that. Yeah, but if, if she doesn't bring right. it up, it just goes through. And then, as Andrew McCarthy says, the investigation just gets dropped into a black hole. Right. But exactly. they keep using that excuse as a reason not to provide any evidence to the Republicans. We we also asked the question over the last few weeks, does the judge, how, how much authority does the judge have in a case like this to accept or not accept the plea deal? So when you think about, <laughs> when you think about all of it, that implosion yesterday tells a story. Yeah, it does. Great point. It tells a, a, it's, you know, we've talked about special prosecutors like Durham. We said, look, even if nothing is, you know, nothing comes of it and nobody goes to jail uh, and the indictments fall short, the story will be told. But yesterday's soup show told a story about the DOJ, about, I think, things that the judge may have learned, but maybe not. Maybe that was all, it was just doomed to fail to begin with, that they thought that they were just hoping this judge wouldn't bring any of it up. Nothing. And just rubber stamp it. The deal is the deal. And I'm not, I don't have to get into the questions. We, we were asking again. You and I have watched a couple of episodes of Law & Order. We're laymen here. But well, we were we were saying all along, how do you not how does the judge not look at this and say, what consideration is there for the defendant? Well, you're what is what is he offering prosecution? You, you made a great point that that the judge. How the well, their hope was the judge would not ask a question about something that's not in the plea deal. Right. Right. But, but the fact is, from the very beginning, day one. The Hunter lawyers are out there saying, no, 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 this ends it. And, you know, from what we know, we've got immunity. And then you heard from the prosecutors, then, you know, especially after the 1023, after they admitted that that existed, Mm -hmm. well, no, there's an investigation still going on. We're still investigating it. Well, the judge read that and saw that in the news. Yeah. So she questioned, well, this isn't in it. Do you believe you have immunity from anything you've done between 2014 and 2019? That's our understanding. Uh, prosecution? No, that's not our understanding. They, at that point, they had to address it. It was it. it everything fell apart at that point right. because they thought they were walking through with ironclad deal. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. Coming up, Mayorkas. Uh. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood.
now. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio, 86690-RED-EYE. Other stuff going on yesterday, looking at this headline here, Republicans fume at Mayorkas over border policies. Our constituents want answers. Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas was on the receiving end of another barrage from House Republicans on Wednesday as he faced the House Judiciary Committee and was quizzed about the administration's effort uh, to tackle border uh, crisis. I've been in Congress seven years. I think you're the most dishonest witness that has ever appeared before the Judiciary Committee. And I speak for a lot of my colleagues, said Representative Mike Johnson. It's not just his dishonesty. It's the fact that they actually wrote to him. I'm going to play this audio here from Jim Jordan Hmm. going back and forth with the Orcas. And he can't answer any questions. How many people are coming across? How many people have you processed? And they wrote him a letter weeks ago saying, you're going to be before our committee. We want you to have these answers and these numbers. Yep. Because when you tell us that I will get you those numbers or I'll look into it, we don't get the numbers. Right. And so you're not being honest. Let's play this back and forth from uh, Jim Jordan and Mayorkas yesterday. Uh, Mr. Secretary, you, you, you know what the number is, don't you? Number that Mr. Gates was trying to get an answer, get a response from. You know what that number is, right? Congressman, I would be pleased to provide this committee, you, Mr. No, no, Chairman. You, 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 uh, with... know, you don't know now? You don't know what that is? I mean, again, just to, just to read, because what Mr. Gates was trying to get at, I think what the country would like to know is we know that there's been an influx of people coming in. Two, over 2 million encounters on our southern border, inadmissible uh, aliens on our southern border. We know that's, that number has come in since Joe Biden's been president. We know it's a big number. And all he was asking was how many of that 2-point-something million, over 2 million, how many have went through the adjudication process and actually been removed? Mr. Chairman. And you're telling, you're telling the, the Judiciary Committee today you don't know what that number is? Mr. Chairman. What I am sharing with you is that we will provide you with whatever data you request. No, no, that's not what I, I want to go right. But it's a simple. We've, we've had kind of two simple questions that you didn't give an answer to. And I just want to know, if, give you a, a second chance here if you'll do it. What is that number out of that two point something universe of inadmissible aliens encountered on our southern border who've come into the country, been released into the country? How many have went through the adjudication process and then been removed? Mr. Chairman, I'd be pleased to provide you with that. Can you guess? Mr. Chairman, it is. Can you give an estimate? Mr. Chairman, I will not. Why why will you not give an estimate to the American people? Because they would like to know, because that sort of frames it. Here's what's come in. Here's who you've allowed in since Joe Biden's been president. And here's the ones who've actually been removed. I would say two things, Mr. Chairman. Number one, I will provide that data to you. We will do so. You're not real good at that because you've said that other times here and you don't give us the data. I mean, we asked information about about the uh, the disinformation governance board and all that gets redacted documents. So you're not real good about that. And it's a simple question and, frankly, a question we ask you to be prepared for. We wrote you two letters in the last several weeks to be prepared to answer that kind of question. I think probably that specific question 
and you won't give us an answer. Mr. And so Chairman. the fact that you won't is bad. And the fact that you don't know is just as bad because it's it's the one question the country kind of would like to know what's really happening. When you say all these you know pathways and things and your border secure and all the things you say, we kind of like to know what's really happened with the two point something million people who've been released into the country since Joe Biden's been president. How many have went through the adjudication process and been removed? So now simple, I have, simple question. So now I have three points. One, we will provide the data to you. God bless Two, you. We have we've been, been we've been waiting. But God bless. I hope you do it this time. Two, we have been cooperating with this committee. We have made countless documents and people available to you. We have provided briefings. Yeah. And here's what those. Do- By the way, just so you know, I'll let you finish with your third point. Here's what those documents look like. Here's the one you sent to us on when you formed. It's a. Uh, Policy and responsibilities in the department's information manipulation mission. That sounds scary enough. Information manipulation mission, and it's all redacted. And this is this is the kind of stuff you gave us when we were trying to figure out who was in, responsible for putting together the disinformation governance board. And I think my colleague, Mr. Johnson, was asking. And now we're asking a simple question about a number. And the fact that you won't give it to us or don't know it is, I think, a concern for all of us. I would say both sides, because the Democrats probably want to know, too. They probably, that, that's, that's something that should be so obvious and you won't communicate. Make your third point. Mr. Chairman, we'll provide that information to every, every member. Will it be like this or will it be a real number? Will it be like that? The third, redact, will it be a real number? Mr. Chairman, the third point. I would Let make. me ask real, real quick. Can you get that number to us like tomorrow? Or is it got, you got to go back and is it going to take weeks and months and haggling back and forth on all the letters we do? Congress writes letters to agencies and we haggle back and forth all that, that dance we have to do. Or can you just get us the number? Mr. Chairman, we'll provide that data to you as promptly as possible. My third point would be the most fundamental point of all when we speak of immigration. We are dealing with a fundamentally broken system. We have between 11 and 12 okay. million. I, I, got, I got 50 seconds. So I appreciate that. You, you've said that before, so I got that point. Don't mean to cut you off, but I got to get this. Now, in your testimony, you said you've arrested 14,000 smugglers. Seems like a big number to me. What happened to those guys? Those individuals, Mr. Chairman, uh, are, if the evidence so supports, prosecuted for smuggling. You've referred them to DOJ. You've turned. You've arrested them. You give them over to DOJ. How, what, what's happened to them? Have, have they been? Have they been indicted, taken to trial, found guilty? Are they in prison somewhere? What's What's the status? L- that sh- is a huge number. Fourteen thousand smugglers. I mean, God bless you for getting them, but uh, but I'd like to know what happened to them. Uh, very, very pleased to provide that data to you. Let me provide well, some examples. You just told us a couple, couple minutes ago you work closely with the FBI. We'd like that information, too. Uh, that's, that's important. Have you arrested any of them multiple times? Uh, Congressman, I'll provide that information for you. You think that's a possibility, some of those smugglers you've arrested more than once? Well, Congressman, when I prosecuted immigration crimes in the 1990s, we saw individuals who had uh, repeated violations uh, of criminal laws of the United States and repeated removals from the United States. You think I've think prosecuted it, my time is expired. You think a smuggler, you catch a, someone smuggling people, smuggling drugs, you wouldn't that guy would be prosecuted. And you think you would, again, know that answer, too. But is anything that Jim Jordan asking unfair in any way? Nope. No. And this is the arrogance you get from Mayorkas. The arrogance you get that runs throughout this administration. And as he said weeks ago, they asked him, of the millions of people that have come in, how many have you processed and deported out of the country? And and to, to further uh, 
expound on that. As we know, roughly 90%, over 90% of the people who claim asylum when processed through are sent back. That's been the history of people claiming asylum. So is that an unfair question for Jim Jordan to ask Mayorkas? And as he said, a couple of times they've sent him a few letters stating, please, you know, be prepared to answer these questions. Remember, one of his biggest jobs is the border. Yeah. And so we wish to ask these questions. How many people have you sent back? And he can't answer the question. And they asked him for it early on. Why why doesn't the Department of Homeland Security wish to promote that number? Because it's incredibly low. I guess that would be a possibility, would it not? I'm just exploring <laughs> options or possibilities here. It could be a wide range of things. Or it's so incredibly high that it would blow everybody's mind. Right. They've done such an incredible job mm-hmm. of weeding out uh, the non-legit mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, people who wish to be in this uh, uh, country who want uh, what's in it, what's asylum. Who want asylum. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have found all the bogus asylum requests. And they're doing and such a great back. job. Exactly. It, it, it would just blow everybody's mind. We can't do that. It would be overwhelming. The American people wouldn't be able to handle how great of a job we're doing. Yeah, that's an outlier of a possibility. The entire thing is the arrogance and defiance. This is defiance. This is the smug attitude you get from everyone inside this administration. You're not going to tell us how to do our job, Jack. And I think it's interesting that they can't answer any questions on the things that they say the American public approves of them doing. Right. But across the board, they can't answer any questions. No. Nope. They won't answer they any won't. questions. They won't. They won't provide any statistics. They won't provide any details. And I did see, I could see the audio of Jim Jordan holding up. goes, here's what we, the disinformation board. Mm-hmm. We asked mm-hmm. for it. Here's what we get. And you look at it, 99% of it's redacted. Yeah. You send them a whole right. redacted, here's your answer. Yeah. Well, well, we cooperate, and we sent you the information. It's all redacted. It's all redacted. That's no information at all. Yeah. And they play this game over and over again, just like the Department of Justice playing their games with Hunter Biden. Well, I, I almost expect Mayorkas to say, I plead the fifth, <laughs> which wouldn't <laughs> even apply. Or, or would it? Because it's criminal what they're doing. <clears throat> they are circumventing our laws, our immigration laws. Yeah, they are. And they know it. And you can't do a thing about it. And they're just going to, oh, we'll get back to you. 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 I do commend the committee for doing what they did. Remember the... um, one of it wasn't one of the first. One, I don't know, was it one of the first hearings where the Democrats didn't show at all? It was an offsite hearing. Oh yeah, yeah. And and then, uh, you know, they you know this was that was going to be their game. 
right? Uh, we're just, nah, we're just not going to, just not going to show up. We said, okay, look, uh, you go out of your way and give plenty of notification. You can, we're going to have to play. This gets back to the stupidity thing. It's worse than dealing with children. Because as Jordan pointed out, oh, we gave you plenty of notice as to what we're going to ask you. We've been through this same thing before, the same questions before. There's zero excuse for this, I can provide that at a later date crap. That is a heaping, steaming pile of garbage that keeps getting bigger by the moment. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following uh, the bottom of uh, the uh, the hour, uh, the judge told Hunter Biden that he could be jailed if he consumes drugs, alcohol, and he needs to find a job. Oh. Well, he needs to be uh, looking for a job. Okay. You made the comment in the pre-show meeting. <laughs> Who's going to hire Hunter Biden? Oh, that's right. Joe Biden. Well, I mean, I, 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 I apparently he didn't say, look, I, I've got a gig job. I, I sell my paintings. Exactly. I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm an artiste. <laughs> I, I'm an established artist. Just ask any of my father's donors. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, any, any of my uh, buyers. <laughs> Just ask China. Or Ukraine. And, um, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the question. Why is he living at the White House and not at their home in Delaware? Can't leave him home alone. You can't. I wouldn't. He leaves his cocaine everywhere. It's the Babylon Bee had a. I'm doing this from memory. They had a picture and it was it said eight ball left in courtroom today where Hunter Biden sat. Yeah. Secret Service says a tour well, group must have left it. Okay, but you just hit a solid point. Is the Secret Service babysitting Hunter Biden? Wow. They're not there to they're not there to protect him, as they are the first family. They're there from, to keep him from, from others. Doing something stupid. Well, they're there to protect him from himself. Ooh, because the one thing you can't do is leave your cocaine laying around the White House. Oh wait, because he's been shadowing his father uh, since before the Ireland trip. Mm-hmm. But he's living at the White House. And I and my first thought was, well, because they're not going to conduct a raid at, on the White House. <laughs> the FBI's not going to go kick in the door at 1,600 
Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, they're not going to kick. They wouldn't kick in the door if he was on his own. <laughs> not, not this. Not, if he was not staying at the, FBI, uh, what, not, what was the, what was the place that he was staying at when he was writing the book, the, the Hooker Hotel or whatever he oh, was, the wherever he was. <laughs> I, I'm not sure of the name. I could have, I could be wrong on that. But, but look, I've, I've had a book deal. I've got art deals. I've got, there yeah. are plenty. Judge, don't worry. There are plenty of my father's Listen, donors who will put me up. If you're worried, Your Honor, if you're worried about income, I'm solid on income. I can show you. Oh, wait. Well, when you've got now, and we'll get to this story. I mean, the story's out there that Devin Archer is in hiding. Hmm. And, you know, that's the story, apparently in fear for his life before his hmm. uh, deposition testimony be to the house yeah. on uh, on monday right where's this going to well, go in the next month i mean where's this i mean where's this well, going to go after where's this going to go after? well again this testimony will be in private but i'm sure that the but the, it will eventually something but it, it's going to be I, I, you're you're going to i believe that uh because the republicans are doing it i mean it's it's not classified right. so i believe you're going to get the republicans talking about it you know when they when they come out of that uh that uh, that hearing it's a closed hearing well remember the report that the fbi said that the that one or more of the whistleblowers was worried had feared for their life for their safety mm-hmm. i mean are these are these two related if it's accurate and true that it's that devin archer's in hiding here this is still the question or just, maybe devin archer's well, just well, avoiding the media i i the, this this is still the question. When is the media eventually going to say we've had enough? You know, you had brought it up that Corrine Jean Pierre. The lies are so obvious. Yeah, and you know, you know, we're we're at the point now where she knows she lies. Mm-hmm. The press knows she lies. Mm-hmm. Anybody watching uh, the press briefing knows she's lying. She knows that the press knows that she's lying. <laughs> yeah, she knows that the people watching know that she's lying. Everybody is in agreement that she's lying, but nobody will say those words. Right. And she does it consistently. And that's where if well, I'm a reporter, I, I'm not going to last long because I'm going to say, look, you keep claiming it's the same thing. That's false. That's a lie. You yes, keep you're saying, saying you, very you, different things. You keep saying you keep saying uh, I've I've been consistent. You haven't been consistent. Here's what you said here. Here's what you said here. And here's what you said here. Now you're lying because the thing is, you want to get her. You want to throw her off her game. Yes, yeah. By yeah. accusing her publicly of lying right. to the American public every day, you come out here and you lie to the American public. You said this last. You said this. At this date, this date, this date, then you changed it and said you're saying the exact same thing. Yep. It isn't the exact same thing. Why are you lying? Right. And don't call me rude because you're right. the mouthpiece for the top public servants of this nation. Yes. And you're lying to the American people. That goes beyond rude.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Ah, it's just, we're halfway through the show, so I'm just yeah taking a break. Why can't yeah. we take a break? Well, yesterday was so, I mean, it was just um, one of those rapid-fire days. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I saw that coming. I guess I had just resigned to the idea that they were going to rubber stamp it and that was going to be it. Well, and so did I. And, and we, look, we had said that the 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 true target uh you know the, who who you're actually looking at. You want the big players in the big schemes, and and even if Hunter had gotten you know off and the immunity from from everything, if that had happened, mm. it wasn't going to stop the facts and the evidence, not circumstantial, but the evidence that the Republicans have acquired. Yeah, it wasn't going to stop that. I had every confidence they were going to move forward. And because the evidence exists and the public knows that the evidence exists, that it would look bad what they were doing to Hunter. You know, it would look it would yeah. look bad. Not I'm, I'm not trying to get sympathy for Hunter there, but it would look bad. The sweetheart deal that they that they gave him because the American public already believed it. The majority yeah. of the American public. Yeah. Uh, what I didn't expect was. What happened yesterday and the transparency slash clarity that came out of it that was obvious to anybody who was not a partisan, and so that means a significant number of independents who you're trying to convince of the stinking filthy rot inside of the Department of Justice and how that was laid out. That you look at this and you go, Oh my, they were you know, why didn't they bring this up? Why didn't they why didn't they agree on a deal? There's only one conclusion you can come to. We came to it. Andrew McCarthy came to it. And I believe that many Democrats know it in their heart because they know that the Department of Justice is not an adversary of the Bidens, but is trying to cover up anything they possibly can from them and trying to bury anything. And that's what you saw yesterday with extreme Clear. I won't say transparency because that that makes it sound like it was volunteer, voluntary, you know, from uh, the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. What you got was absolute clarity. Yeah, is what you had. It was yeah. obvious the Department of Justice is full of stinking, filthy rot. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, they don't care about justice. They care about politics. They don't give a damn about their oath to uphold the law. All they care about is protecting the political party that they believe in most. It is the most, when you think about everything that has gone on, you know, from COVID, the the censorship of COVID, uh, everything from the laptop, what's going on in immigration, just across the board, Mm. everything that is going on right now and how the federal law enforcement agencies, the Department of Justice, and the leadership of the of the uh, FBI, how they are behaving here, it is the most reprehensible thing I've ever seen. Probably since J. Edgar Hoover. 
Yeah, and you know, but but in a lot of J. Edgar Hoover, you didn't know what was going on at the time. That, that's I was about to say. We know this is going on. We, it's they're almost promoting it proudly. Yes. Actually, if you go back to Peter Strzok, he was promoting it proudly. Remember in that hearing, you know, putting on his angry face. Well, Comey wrote a book. <laughs> A higher loyalty. <laughs> higher loyalty to to my book publisher, to be clear, not the FBI. That was in small a higher in small writing. I'm I'm going up against Trump because I have a higher loyalty higher to our loyalty. country. Give me a break. And, and what'd you what'd you find out? He was a con man. Yeah. He was and, exactly what we said, by the way, at that time. And then fast forward to what we have right now. The Attorney General Merrick Garland, Mayorkas. Do you need anything more from Mayorkas? Christopher Ray, do you need anything more? It is, they are just openly and proudly defiant and arrogant at every turn. And it's just stupid that we can all see it. And yet it still goes on. I'm not one of these populists that says throw all the bums out, but every one of these people needs to go. If that was the thing. It was so blunt yesterday. That's what you got out yeah, of this. I yeah, mean, it was a yeah. it was a def, it was a defeat for the Department of Justice. It was embarrassing, yeah. so embarrassing to the point that my biggest fear that came out of it was, in order to get out of this embarrassment, they may appoint a special counsel. And that's what I don't want. And so, right, you know, you and right. I talked about this. And, you know, we said when, um, you know, it was being promoted last week by one of the, the Democratic whistleblower that we need a special counsel. You and I got on the air and said, absolutely not. And we've said this for a significant period of time. And I was glad that Comer came out and said, no, we don't need it because Merrick Garland appoints it. The rot goes to special counsels now. And, ba- and by the way, if they're going to announce that, they announce it today or tomorrow. Yeah, and then they then they can and they fold and they right. fold because you want to because what they'll say <laughs> is well the cases against Hunter now are part of under the uh, now uh, the, the the purview <laughs> they are now in the purview of the special counsel and we are not going to interfere in the spe- because and, special counsel gets to just say okay give me that give me that give me that and then boom you put the brakes on everything for I don't know. As long as you want. Well, I don't think the Republicans are going to stop because the, no, the, the normal so. thing is if a special counsel was appointed, then you don't you're you're not as aggressive, you know, as members of Congress because you give them deference. I don't see that happening in this case. All the rules or all the protocol or, and the niceties are gone uh, well, now. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just I view that the that, you know, that the Republicans would just go. Nah, we've got enough now. We're still going to get, we have subpoena power. We can get what we want. Normally there would be a courtesy that would be extended, but sorry, this Department of Justice, obviously, as we saw yesterday by what happened, and that comes from the Department of Justice, we don't trust, and Comer said it, we don't trust anything that comes from this Department of Justice, or Mer- including Merrick Garland, uh, appointing a special counsel here. Yeah. There's some so much rot on it. it. The only way you could look at it is they're trying to bury this thing for another two oh, to three years easy. that it would take for yeah. a special counsel to issue a report. And and, no. and and the thing is, is that 
typically you would worry that, okay, well, the special counsel is going to bring everything in and then ironclad seal it and not cooperate with the GOP. Well, that's already happening right now. Yeah. They're not getting cooperation anyway. If it weren't for the whistleblowers, they wouldn't have the FT-1023. So they're not getting cooperation now. So it doesn't change a thing. If it goes to special counsel, it doesn't change a thing that the GOP is doing in the House. No. No, it doesn't. And they don't lose, lose their subpoena power. No, no, they don't. So no. they should. And, and they can somebody say, we've been doing this investigation now uh, for uh, almost uh, for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue. Yeah. Not a year and a half. I, uh, you know, uh, a, uh, you know, for uh, a year. Uh, well, actually, about nine months. OK, we've so been doing, we've been doing the investigation for nine months. We're going to continue this. Invest- I don't know why. Sometimes time seems like it's flying by quickly and sometimes it's slow. I just realized they were just elected last November. Yeah. So they've wow. only been they've yeah. only been in power in the House since January. Yeah. So, well, it no, it, it does. It, because so much is happening. It feels, you know, sometimes it, it's breezing by and sometimes yeah, just six, it's just six months. By. I said nine months, six months. Well, that's it. So politically. You're, you're sitting there in Merrick Garland land. And you're asking yourself, well. Do we appoint the special counsel and put it on the back burner? I Because here's the thing. After yesterday, just like we said that rubber stamping that yesterday would have looked horrible. There isn't a win. If you send this to special counsel now, after all of this, it also looks like a cover-up. Politically, you don't get a win there. You only kick the can down the road legally. And it looks bad either way. There's not a win. There isn't one. This thing is rising to the surface. All the new details are rising to the surface faster and faster and faster. And there's really no way to make this look good. There is no, you can try and kick this can down the road legally, but politically, every move you make. Turns it to rock. And the thing is, too, the the problem that they have now, as, as long as the Department of Justice says the investigation is going on, which is to the 1023, which is bribery, it legitimizes what the Republicans are doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're, you're just, yeah, you, you can't, there is no you, playbook you can't, here. Politically, as a Democrat, you can't say, you can't, you, well, there's nothing there. Well, of course there's something there. The FBI is investigating the 1023, which is the bribe allegations. Right. And, and in the court... The judge specifically said, you know, are you looking at the, the FARA law, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, you know, not being registered as a foreign agent, right. which Manafort got hit with and right. did jail time. Right. And so they're going after Hunter for the same thing. That's what it looks like right there as a Democrat. And the Democrats are still out there. I mean, Schiff was out there saying they've got nothing and they're going after it. If they think they're going after impeachment for this, well, we know what they're, what they're going, if, you know, when McCarthy talks about impeachment, we know precisely what they're going after. Mm-hmm. We know precisely what the crimes are. Yeah. Which we didn't know for Trump. Right. And as was pointed out yesterday, read the Constitution on impeachment and what's the word that's in there? Mm-hmm. Bribery. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think McCarthy did it. Because at that point, he's justified in saying it because the allegation is bribery. And the 1023 right. of the president of the United States. So 
uh, that's the thing that as now that now that they've said the investigation is going on, what it legitimizes what the Republicans are doing. If they do a special well, counsel, <laughs> that also if they do a special counsel, it also justifies what the Republicans are doing because you can make the case that the Biden administration, the Democratic administration, is now looking at Hunter and Joe during the- and so it, the Republicans are too. You lose that political edge. They don't have a political edge, but they lose. They lose the ability for anyone to believe what they're saying. During the impeachment process for Trump, we said, look, it would be one thing if you could demonstrate that he were compromised with Ukraine or any other nation, Russia, whoever. It would be one thing. Well, here we are with Joe Biden. Here we are. Bribery puts him right up there at the top in terms of possibly being compromised yep. as a sitting president. And we used that extreme example during the Trump years and said, you know, look, if, if you could, you know, the, the whole idea is that if a president is compromised, that's why the word bribery comes up. Because you don't want a president that is taking money and doing favors for other nations as a result of that exchange. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Interesting. Just a lot of analysis coming out in the last few hours about what happened yesterday. Reading uh, Michael Goodwin from the New York Post. Indeed, now that the sun's troubles are far from settled and could even be expanding, the president faces a different and more dangerous landscape. The surprising statement by prosecutors to the judge that the probe continues raised the potential for more revelations about Hunter's uh, misconduct. By the way, it's not a surprising statement. To me, because that's what the Department of Justice had said uh, already. And that, in turn, could give Republicans more ammunition to tie the president to the family's uh, uh, sorted influence peddling schemes. They are getting closer by the day. And with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy already talking about an impeachment inquiry, the political winds are suddenly shifting against the president. He doesn't have that much room for error. In fact, I believe the collapse of the plea bargain, if it holds makes it more likely that Joe Biden will not seek a second term. Uh, For one thing, the media effort to pretend Hunter Biden's legal troubles were minor has now been shattered. Widespread coverage of the dramatic court scene will mean more voters will be aware not only of the son's vast misconduct, but also of the way the Department of Justice and FBI abuse their powers to protect the first family. Polls likely will show growing public concern and suspicions about the case, a process that could be that could continue for weeks and months. The stench, good, somebody else is using the word I would ah, use. Yeah. The stench of government favoritism would inevitably take a toll on a candidate who portrays himself as a champion of the middle class. Mm. For one, uh, for another thing, the president is frail, fading man whose policies have been widely rejected by the public, yep. and the two doesn't work. Mm.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Before we get back to some more analysis on the Hunter Biden plea bargain falling to pieces. Hmm. Some other stuff that uh, we uh, we have here. Uh, White House reveals where it now stands on possible existence of aliens. We don't know. <laughs> or do they? <laughs> we don't know. We don't have the answers about what these phenomena are. National Security uh, Council spokesperson John Kirby uh, said yesterday. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Right there, there you go. And the problem with that was the problem with that whistleblower testimony. It was that was all hearsay. Yeah, you didn't bring anything. You, yeah, if you're you gonna, bring. if you're going to show up as a whistleblower, you got to bring something. Bring me one alien, just one. That's all. Yeah, we just want one. I'm just asking yeah. for one small, just one thing, just one, an alien. Yeah, not two. Not two. Just one. Just one. Just one. Bring us one alien and then we can discuss. Yeah. But we need the one alien. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's another thing. How, how long are we going to do this? You know, it was first it was weather balloons. And then uh, the... Uh, Cigar-shaped craft, and now Tic Tacs, and now who knows what. Well, here's... Ten-foot aliens look, in your backyard. Look, here's here's the thing. If you had a competent administration, they would have answered the question already. Look, they would have come out and said, you know, we have, you know, with this new whistleblower coming out, we've stated this before, except you need to not do it as Corrine Jean-Pierre says when she says we stated yeah. it before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It, it, you know, no, we don't have any. We don't have any evidence. Right. Yeah. To let it just hang there mm-hmm. is really, th- but this administration, I mean, that's that's how screwed up everything is. They just they're leaving everything out there. There isn't anything that comes to a conclusion. Everything right. always right. leads to further questions. There really is no damage control at all in this administration. Think been, about that. It should have been. Uh, anything that you heard on Capitol Hill today was indeed hearsay, and they have wrong information. Right. We don't have any. We don't. You know, we we do not possess anything like what was being claimed, and we're not going to go any further with this because it is a waste of time. The answer is no. We don't have it. What was the claims that were made are not accurate or true. And leave it. And then. You go talk to Tom Cruise. <laughs> I mean, is it's... that aliens in those volcanoes? Yeah, yeah. What's in the? What's up with the volcanoes, what's up man? With the volcanoes. Come on, man. And by the way, you 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 end every sentence with man, man. And 
if you're going to do this, let's make it entertaining. But is it, have we gotten to the point where it's no longer entertaining? Because now when we're talking about, um, like, if we see a shiny balloon, that's just Swalwell's girlfriend. That's not, they're just spying on us. It's not aliens anymore. Back in the day, in the 50s, in the 40s, in the 50s, that would have been an alien. And now it's, you know, so, okay, we got to make it more interesting. What can we do? Okay, it's going to be shaped like a tic-tac, and it's going to move really fast. It's going to go into the water, out of the water. It's like, okay, fine. But it's still got to be blurry. Oh, no, that's job number one. Make it blurry. And the funny thing was yesterday when the testimony was on, I'm watching it, and then I'm just going through other channels to see what's on. I go through yeah. the different channels, and all of a sudden, there's the married with children where the aliens <laughs> invade Yeah, Al's house. Yeah. Like, okay, have you seen the Simpsons married with children live action because the Simpsons is animated. Uh, what would they mash up no. done by done by AI? No. Yeah. It's, I don't know the guy who did it, but essentially the guy sitting on the couch, which would be Al mm-hmm. slash Homer, <laughs> is, and it's and you're looking at I'm it going laughing. okay all yeah, right and actually i don't think they called him i think they used the simpsons names if i recall correctly there's a couple of different ai things floating around the internet right now with uh, the simpsons but but when when they did it with the and they're playing the theme song love and marriage to married with children and it was it was pretty well done it was well, AI did a good job. Of course, AI never does a bad job. You know, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to find that. One. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. But, um, you know, I, I'm just I'm reading the transcript here from Jonathan Turley because that's just you know, I heard a little bit from him yesterday, and mm. you know, it's uh, you know the the people I really you know I like hearing from Andrew McCarthy because he's a former prosecutor and you know and and i think he's fair and i think turley is extremely fair i don't i've here's the thing i if turley has an agenda remember he's a democrat Mm -hmm. if turley has an agenda i view that agenda as he believes he's a liberal that probably wants to spend more money maybe now recognizes the situation that we're in and how liberals have spent money, he doesn't really get into that. But I do believe on things like free speech and corruption and and the Constitution. He is a more traditional liberal that, yeah, I was we, gonna say, that, yeah. that, yeah. that we saw back, yeah. back uh, then. Mm. But he is somebody who believes that the liberalism he believes in, he can debate it with you, even though he doesn't debate the issues, in essence, he debates more constitutional issues, but he doesn't seem hesitant at all to get down and dirty into the minutia, which all liberalism now rejects. Yeah. Right. They don't right. wish right. to get into a debate with you. Right. They don't wish to convert you. 
they're right, you're wrong, you're demonized, you shouldn't be allowed to even disagree with me. Mm. And if you want the proof of that, another poll came out the other day where a a plurality of young people uh, will think it's between the ages of 25 and 34, and there's another poll that came out, still believe it ought to be a crime to misgender, which shows a complete lack of understanding of the First Amendment. And we know in that type of mindset, there is no debate. They want right. they want no debate. You're wrong. They're right. You don't believe what I believe. You're a Nazi. You shouldn't even exist. You should be put in jail if you don't agree. Yeah, but it's not biological. It doesn't matter whether it's biological. Right. It's my opinion. Yeah. And you must agree with my opinion or you go to jail. That's what they're saying. And Turley isn't like that. So uh, what he what he uh, said yesterday, he said um, he was asked a question by uh, Jillian Turner of uh, Fox News. I think the crucial question, this is her asking the question, at least a lot of people's minds is whether what these unusual proceedings corroborate or at least substantiate the claims from critics over the last few weeks that the plea deal was a sweetheart deal uh, to begin with. Turley responds, I think it does support that view. The problem with the plea agreement is you can't actually type in wink and a nod. <laughs> and the problem in, in writing. Right. And the problem <laughs> with this agreement is that the judge read it and said, what is this? Yeah. And part of the obligation of the court is to make sure that the defendant and the government are very clear on what the agreement means. Yeah. And they weren't. Right. And it broke down with the most basic question. Uh, that was what was so surprising here is that these types of questions as a defense counsel, you work out with prosecutors in advance. Right. By the way, I believe they did. Yeah. No, and, we, and it I, was we a, both the believe wink, that they did. Yeah, yeah, the wink and a nod was the agreement. They, right. did, they did work it out. Exactly, yeah. But she basically asked one question, and the whole darn thing fell apart. So the question now is, where do you go from here? It's like a wedding where both the bride and the groom objected and everyone else in the room uh, is sitting there saying, wait, how did we get here and where do we go from here? Yeah. Because, and then she, uh, he was asked the question, why did they get to this point in the courtroom today where they didn't agree on what was actually agreed upon? <laughs> <laughs> And simple way to put it. Oh my God. That is such a brilliant way. But what does that tell you about it? That tells you that the wink and the and the and the nod was all a part of it. In fact, they were relying on that part of it all along. Turley responded, I think part of the problem is they really did want to cap out the case. The Department of Justice wanted to cap this investigation, but they didn't want to say that it was now over. From the very beginning, the Hunter Biden team said this is a close-out plea agreement. There would be nothing less left to investigate. But the Department of Justice is telling Congress, we're not going to give you these witnesses or these documents because there's an ongoing investigation. Hmm. Well, you can't do both things when a judge is asking you to specifically address where this is a closeout or a continuing investigation. Duh. This is a big problem. 
This was all supposed to be scripted. It was supposed to be easy, and now it's off script, and it's anything but easy because the judge just raised the one charge that the White House most fears, which is the chance that Hunter was a foreign agent. And if he was a foreign agent, the question is, foreign agent for who and for what purpose? The president was that purpose. If you're influence peddling, it's influence over the president. So if you go for FARA, the foreign agent law, it's going to bring all this stuff in, including some of these tax accounts for 2014 and 2015 that the Department of Justice allowed to run, allowed the statute of limitations to expire. All of that can get bootstrapped into a FARA issue. The whole purpose of this deal is collapsing as we're watching it, and it's taken Washington by utter surprise. I was on the Hill talking with members, and everyone was floored. Hmm. Turley yesterday, Jonathan Turley. Yeah, right. And but it and the one thing that they haven't said that we have said, I'm sure they're they're probably thinking it, by this deal collapsing, it shows with absolute clarity the stink and filthy rot inside of the Department yeah. of Justice yeah. and yeah. what they were trying to do. It, it's the it, again the juxtaposition between yesterday and the day the deal was announced. And everything that happened in between tells you the entire story. Yesterday tells a great deal of that story. And then how did you know, they how were they not able to agree? I love this. How were they not able to agree on the deal that was agreed upon? <laughs> I love that. That's the perfect way to sum it up. How did that happen? Because they were expecting something very different. And it was judge. and by the way, just so everyone knows, when that's the first thing, that's the first question we asked, we said, Well, how can they do a plea deal? Right. If you know, is this thing going to change? And we asked this day, like day one or day one or day two, if they're saying, if the uh, Biden lawyers are saying it's over, yeah, and the prosecution isn't saying that, right? The prosecution saying, well, no, we're still be investigating this, and then the ten twenty three stuff came out, and they're like, oh no, we are investigating this. Yeah, the sources say we are investigating. Right, that. we're like, well, well, it you, can't you, be you over. can't, it, it can't. How can there be a plea deal if you're doing this? And we were just thinking maybe we and we asked the question, maybe we don't know how these plea deals work at the federal level in this right. case. Right. Apparently we did know how it yeah, worked right. yeah. and didn't know it. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, because again, you know, our law and order level of <laughs> law school, uh, it's very simple. The judge is gonna ask, What is the agreement? What do we got here? And what what is the defendant offering? And even if you say, well, you know, we're doing it for expediency's sake, okay, yeah, but tell me, let's set that part aside. Tell me what the deal is. Right. And they disagreed on what the deal was. <laughs> they, they disagreed on the agreement that was already in place and that, has been for weeks. It was well I, to show you it was mind blowing. I mean my yeah. way of showing it. I mean I wasn't with a bunch of people that were, you know, that probably would have been going, "Whoa, man, you could even whoa, what the" when this first happened, but I did text you immediately when I when I just saw the headline, yeah. "Deal falls apart." <laughs> yeah. I went, "Eric, I wrote to Erica, Eric, show's done. The show's done." <laughs> 86690 red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller. 
and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Once a roadside inspection is completed, the officer will close it out, which involves the officer writing or typing up the report. The more the officer found during the inspection, the longer this will take. If violations were discovered, most officers, as a courtesy, will explain the violations to the driver. If there were any out-of-service violations, the officer will normally explain what must be done to get the out-of-service order lifted. Drivers need to be very attentive during this part of the inspection. The driver also needs to read and understand the complete inspection report. After receiving the inspection report, the driver has 24 hours to get the roadside inspection report to the motor carrier. If the driver will not be returning to a company facility within the next 24 hours, the driver needs to know to get it on the way to you via email, mail, or fax within 24 hours. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. The other thing is it seems like Republicans every single day are coming out with something. Now, they didn't really have to yesterday. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they, they had the day off. <laughs> right. They, they, had, they, they had a vacation day, but mm. uh, you, you've got uh, today, tomorrow, the weekend, and then Monday, yeah. you've got Devin Archer, who is supposed to, you know, you know, the story's out that he's in hiding uh, right now mm. in fear of his life because he's going to testify against Hunter Biden and, in essence, Joe Biden on Monday. Yeah, that right. story's just out there, which then that key, when that story came out yesterday, that is something that continues the the narrative of, well, why would he be in fear of his life? What is he mm-hmm. going to testify? And mm-hmm. what the, the news is he's going to testify on is that Joe Biden actually talked over 24 times with the people that allegedly were paying off the Biden family. Right. And that's not going to be good. You know, that's that was the talk yesterday. I'm sure it's going to be talked today. You're going to, I believe, Republicans pounding over the next two days before we go into another mildly hot weekend. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, right out of it, the Devin Archer closed testimony. But I believe what happens when they come out of it is they will verify that, yes, this is what he said. Yeah. And then at that yeah. point, where do you go? Remember, Hunter Biden isn't supposed to be back in court for another month. Right. Like the end of August. Right. So there's another month for this just to continue and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be extremely problematic because uh, as it gets bigger, the, the judge learns more. As we learn more, the judge learns more. And you still have to ask the question about what about the amicus brief? What about that issue? The other day i mean there are so many things right now on the table it's insane it really is insane
five hours a night and still not enough. Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, is it me? Uh, what in the world is this about Republicans embracing Robert Kennedy Jr. over the um, last over the last couple of weeks? It led to, and the reason I brought this up, and I know he was in the hearing, and you and I said, you know, what's you know what's the why is he on? Well, because he's been censored. Well. If I'm going to bring on someone, okay, you're trying to bring on a Democrat. All right, maybe I understand. Then somebody who's running for president, okay, I understand that. Mm. You know, all of a sudden, though, he's become the media darling of many on Fox News. Yeah. With interviews and everything else. And I'm like, what's the point? This guy, just because someone... Well, let me me finish with the reason I brought it up. Because DeSantis was asked the other day was actually asked, would you consider Robert Kennedy Jr. as your vice presidential pick? And that was the point where I went, what in the hell's going on? And DeSantis said, no, he's much too liberal, but I might consider him for the CDC or the FDA. Well, bye, DeSantis, you're gone. Yeah. You're useless to me if yep. you're saying crap like that. Yeah, why would you? why would you put him anywhere? You know, and and so I can see using them. Okay, the one hearing. Hey, we're just pointing out that a Democrat can be censored too. Well, no, that's you know your first thought is, or my first thought is, all right, uh, and, and you're showing you kind of want to play on the strengths of Democrats who are officially challenging Biden. Yes, and of anyone, and remember, he walked in with some numbers that were in terms of the polls healthier than I thought he would ever ever achieve. Mm-hmm. So you kind of play on that. Other than that, I'm not interested. Yeah, I have no interest. Yeah. Sorry. He's yeah, a, I, he, he's, a, he's he's a nutcase, nutcase radical liberal. Yeah. Who and see people live in the bubble of today. Oh, I'm seeing it's a Kennedy whatever. And mm-hmm. Let's have this little love fest. Look, you can say, I disagree with everything that you believe, but you should not be censored. But there's, right. been, there's been more of a love fest, and, and I knew it because when, when DeSantis a- answered that way, I think he felt, well, okay, I can't say I'll make him for vice president, but I could appoint him to someplace in the CDC. I have agreed in the past on certain issues with nutcase liberals. Okay, I agree with them on that. Or they shouldn't have censored them, or they shouldn't. Well, no, I think that person should be allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. Not going to have a love fest, or yeah. not going to say, well, okay, I'd appoint him to this. Are you crazy? This yeah, is, the, answer's, a, the answer's very simple. No, he's not going to be my this, vice president. This is the same guy that talked about climate change a couple of years ago, that he would want companies to face corporate death who didn't agree with his view on climate change. Yeah. And politicians and... Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just th- this guy is a radical leftist nutcase. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for any Republican to feel as if they have to talk him up in some type of positive way. Well, I can't discount him because, you know, if if this is what in the and the, the, the I did read an article the other day saying it's part of the new right that is embracing 
<laughs> than is oh, embracing Robert Kennedy. Then the new right sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's the new right. Yeah. Then it's not right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not right, and it's not right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my God. And I think it was when I, it was a National Review article I read yesterday where where, where uh, they were talking about the interview that uh, he was doing. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, and, and he said, well, you know, uh, no, I wouldn't. For vice president, no, I mean, he's much too liberal. But you never know for the CDC. What are you out of your mind? Yeah. If if DeSantis saying that to me shows he has no idea where he's going in his campaign right now, none. No, you're right. That none. that is a lack of direction. Yes. If you're if and of all the people, he's the one who, in fact, right now uh, is. Uh, is attracting individuals because he's had such clear direction. Yeah, exactly. Don't throw it off on somebody like a RFK Jr. Come on, <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> well, yeah, I was looking. I was looking for a hill to die on. Let me see. Yeah. No, uh, not uh, not uh, not that. Not critical race theory anymore. Mm-hmm. Not a liberal transgender radical mm-hmm. movement. The insane mm-hmm. movement there. Mm-hmm. No, not to solar and wind. I'm going to die on the hill of Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no thanks. He's a nut. Yeah, no. Jeez. Nope. And if this is, if he's part of the new right that Republicans are endorsing, mm. then the Republican Party is all shot to hell. Yeah. Or the new right of the Republican Party. Yeah. I, and then, the new right. And, and then you would have to explain to me... Please explain to me what the new right is. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds the, a lot like the, what was it, the compassionate conservative? What was it? Oh, yeah. The con- was yeah. that garbage? Yeah. Compassionate conservatism from yeah. Bush. Yeah. I remember my father didn't like that. Yeah. My father was like, well, no, conservative means you're compassionate. Right. All my you know, all my beliefs, as my dad told me a long time ago, when that happened, all my beliefs are built on compassion. Right. He said, my, you know, and he said, my view of capitalism is built on compassion. My, my, uh, my uh, belief that the federal government should not be running things. Right. Is built on compassion for the individual. Look at all the years of, you know, what's compassion now? We see what liberalism has defined as compassion. Yeah. Favoring the criminals, mm-hmm. favoring the criminal illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. Destroying our grid, compassion for the lawbreakers. By the way, I need to make sure I got to go back in. I I've got to reach in the garbage uh, over there where I threw out some of the stories I had from yesterday. No, I got to make sure I save that the the story uh, on the uh, L.A. Times talking uh, about the second time they've talked about the fact that and asked the question: Is it time that we gave up electricity in order to <laughs> save the world? Are you willing to, I mean, this is the type of insanity that we're dealing with yeah, from yeah. the left and people like, you know, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. But that that is just the, I want to keep that because anytime where anybody says, you guys are radical, I need to pull that out and go, here's what we're dealing with. Well, the answer would be, yes, it is time to give up electricity to save the planet. And the first thing I'm going to do is cancel my digital subscription to the L.A. Times. <laughs> Jeez, man. Seriously.
So, so that was just, and I kept that little, uh, I don't know if it was frustration or irritation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, it didn't, no, it's it, it, didn't it, it didn't rise. Yeah. It didn't rise to the level of me saying anything until I saw the DeSantis comment. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't oh, know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't appoint. What kind of stupid question is that? Yeah. What, what is it? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? It's the dumbest question ever. Yeah. Would DeSantis pick? Would he pick? Now his response should have said, "What are you out of your mind for asking that question?" Yeah, you kidding me? What's next? Uh, you know what's next? AOC? Hmm. You know, ask, yeah. ask me. Why can't we all work together? Ask me a different question. Yeah, I'm not answering. That's a stupid question for you to ask. Yeah, me. you're done. You're yeah. you're in timeout. Leave the room until you can come back and ask a good question. Right. <laughs> Don't ask me that idiotic question. Instead, well, no, he's much more liberal, and uh, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, the FDA mm-hmm. or the CDC. I saw them go, DeSantis, you've lost it completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that what you're? Is that what you're thinking? Look, sometimes Trump says the stupidest things. I think I'll start saying the stupidest things, or stupider, more stupid, more stupider. I'm I'm gonna up I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna, gonna up Trump on this. I'll stupid, show you who's the more stupider. Stupidator. <laughs> That'll get me some attention. <laughs> My God, I mean, here here we, you've got a Republican Party that's got every every stinking issue where the public looks at where they stand and go, well, we're with you, we're with you, we're with you. Yeah. And the Republican can let's say stupid things, mm-hmm. Nikki Haley. Oh, we'll take Disney to South Carolina. Shut up! Yeah. Seriously, what was it? What was the thing that? Uh, what was the thing that Christie said a couple of weeks ago that was just the dumbest thing ever? Oh, that he's going to be the nominee. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because. That wasn't the thing I was thinking of, but that was still funny. <laughs> but technically, it is the stupidest thing that he said lately. <laughs> no, there was something that we endorsed something that was just we're like, oh yeah, I forget what it was. Oh, oh, uh, I, I don't know. There's a couple, <laughs> but it was just so it was just so idiotic. It was like you need to shut up. And then I saw the other day, you know, a lot of people are. You know, really saying Ramaswamy, you know, may be the challenge. And I'm sitting here with all the stupid things the other candidates are saying. I went, you know, you may be right. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Because he's talking the ideological he's, things that we all agree he's with. He's talking yeah. the issues, right? He's yeah. talking the ideas. Yeah. Let me what, put, what, what was what, it on, on Christie? Let me put in what, what stupid thing did Christie <laughs> <laughs> List of stupid things. Chris Christie has said lately. Oh, what was it? Um, oh, something about we, we talked about it on it, the air. Was it about the Republicans who uh, caved and and compromised in 2016 for Trump? No, no. So that no. didn't rise to the top. No, that <laughs> no, wasn't that, that, no that wasn't that. It was something specific. Uh, yeah, I, okay. I had some issue, and it was All just right. like, oh, shut up. Yeah, I mean, it was just dumb. It just it, it hurt him with conservatives. Whatever it was that he yeah. said, I can't oh, think of what it oh, was. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I think no. Ah, oh, come on. 
thrown out on the edge of my tiny brain. Now, uh, what he it wasn't COVID related. Oh no no no! Wait a minute. It, he was at uh, he was at a uh, uh, oh one of the uh, town hall meetings. Mm. That's what it was. Yeah, it was a town hall meeting that he was at. I forgot where it was, but yeah. All right. Well, we'll find it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like there there's all and 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 I know there's they're out there campaigning so they say a lot of things. Mm. But just the things that get reported, you look at it and go, "Okay, so there's a race to the stupid bottom from the people that are challenging Trump." Yeah, right, exactly. Which means the stupid bottom is at the bottom and going to say something stupid. Mm-hmm. The stupid bottom. Mm-hmm. I like it though. It's like what stupid thing did Chris Christie say last week? I put in Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'll find it. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. What did you have? What did you find from Chris Christie? Was it? Was it uh, and this is uh, from Politico. He's Eric Carlin. Uh, a few days ago, uh, where he said, um, "Let me double check that." Yeah, from last week. Chris Christie says uh, DeSantis has only himself to blame for Florida education controversy. I don't think that was it. I think it's a dumb statement. I don't. I yeah, think, but I, I don't know. think that's what we were thinking of. No, there was something else where it was just so obvious. Where we just said, you know, what are you doing? It was just. Yeah. It was just. It, it was stupid. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, again though. I mean, this all started on the discussion of the this. Hopefully, it's a very temporary embrace of uh, Republicans. If it was just about putting them on. To say, look, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or a Kennedy or whatever. Mm. Uh, the Democrats will weaponize the government against you. Well, then that's fine. But, you know, getting to the point where I saw it yesterday where it got to the point where DeSantis is answering a question about whether <laughs> Robert Kennedy Jr. should be his vice president. Yeah. And, and he said, no, but maybe uh, work for, for the CDC or the FDA. I'm like, all right, you need to shut up. Yeah, it's just at that point getting just be ready. It's like, okay, Republicans, it's time to drop the love fest for Robert Kennedy Jr. Yeah. Let's move on. You know, if you're focusing on how much of a challenge he might be to Joe Biden, that's that's one thing. Right. But that's the only value there. Well, I really don't think you need Robert Kennedy Jr. to go after or to go after uh, Biden. Yeah, no, I think Hunter's got that done.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.